you don't think it can happen to you. The hit and run chase in California, a motorcycle rider witnessing a driver slam into several cars and then speeding away. It can happen to you within seconds, a blink of an eye. Tonight about the man suspected of killing a woman in a hit and run and his plan to evade justice. When you take your eyes off the road for just seconds, when you're driving your car, oh, yes, it can happen to you. See, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When the sands of time will run out within your hourglass. New at 10, a hit and run caught on video, and now a teenager and his family are looking for the driver who took off. He was a victim of a distracted driver hitting the road while riding his motorcycle going 65 miles per hour. He nearly lost his life. Now on a crusade to help save lives and prevent someone else from becoming a victim, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com and now the host of this podcast, it's Howard Drescher. All right, good morning, everyone. I am your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com. And of course, now this podcast show, you can follow me on Twitter at DistractedDBTV, at DistractedDBTV, and of course on Facebook, it's DistractedDB, and you can get the shows on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. All you got to do is just type in the keyword DistractedDB. Oh, my goodness, people. First off, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you out there. And again, today, Black Friday, if you're out there shopping, be safe. Uh... You know, pay attention when you're on the roads. Please be safe and not drive like you've got to get the last gift out of the store, if you will. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of items out there for you. First off, I want to say thank you to like California, Virginia, New York, Wisconsin, Colorado, Illinois, Tennessee, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and Texas. Those are the ones that have been checking in in the last couple of weeks for my show, uh, which I'm sure my special guest would appreciate that. Uh, today, my special guest, again, is uh, she's a victim, survivor, now author of the book Talk Crash to Me. And I want to thank her for coming back on for the third of a final four of a mini-series of this book, Talk Crash to Me. Dawn, I welcome you back to DistractedDriversBusted.com, the podcast show. I would say a happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I know that Canada celebrates a lot earlier. I say thank you for being my friend. Dawn McKay. Dawn, welcome to DistractedDriversBusted.com. How's everything going today? Oh, it's going well, Howard. Thanks very much for having me on again. Okay. We're in a little bit of a, we've got our first snowfall, so oh. we're in a little bit of a deep freeze not too bad though oh that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome because you know as you know maybe you may not know i grew up in upstate new york around syracuse so with that i had snow drifts and snow every time around october november time frame and it stayed until like middle of april before it all melted away but I, i can tell you that i had the deep freeze I've had the soft snow, the wet snow, the slushy stuff. I I hated it growing up in it, but I don't mind going back and visit for a couple hours and then leave. Yes, there you go. As long as you don't have to stay, just go for a quick visit. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) 
That's awesome. But th that's how I feel. So we we did a couple of different stories in your in the book, a couple of different chapters. I want to move on to something because, as you know, the holidays are really upon us right now. We're in the middle of a lot of holidays, and it isn't really much fun, and it really isn't something that you'd want to go to if you've been involved in a crash. But in your book here, you talk a little bit about, you know, social gatherings. Why is social gatherings good for you if you are able to attend these? Uh, well, if you are recovering from uh, from a crash, of course, mm -hmm. um, you know there's a lot to think about when you're you're invited to these social gatherings. Um, of course, my crash it happened about six weeks before Christmas, and unfortunately, I was not mobile enough to even get out and see anyone. But it, it is good to try try your best to get out. Um, if you can't, uh, you know, attend in person, of course, there's always other options you can recommend or suggest to your family maybe a Skype or a FaceTime or a mm -hmm. Zoom call instead to keep in touch with the, with your family. But if you if you do actually attend, it's a really good idea to have some coping strategies in place. Right. So if you can find if you can find a place that you can decompress, so to speak, in case it's too overwhelming, because of course, you know, there's lots of activity and there's lots of loud noises and there could be a lot of kids. Uh, there could be televisions going and football, et cetera. So it's always good to kind of have a plan in place once you get there to, to kind of have a quiet room to go to if you feel too overwhelmed. And if you're hosting, um, if people are coming to see you, I would definitely recommend to say yes to all the help that is offered to you. <laughs> yeah. I had a really... I had a really difficult time doing that because I, I'm very independent. Right. And, you know, of course, I wanted to do everything the, the best I could. But uh, I would highly recommend if, if family members or friends are, are stepping up to, to ask what you need help with, I'd certainly uh, uh, suggest that you take them up on that offer. Um, another thing I would suggest is um, to bring, if you're journaling, because, uh, you know, that was new to me as a crash survivor to start journaling, and I found it uh, extremely important and very therapeutic uh, for my well-being. So um, if you are ha having a few people over or you're attending somewhere and you have started a journal with your recovery, um, I would definitely recommend that you take that with you and, and try to keep up with that if you can. Because if you, if you go to a quiet place and you can sit and journal, uh, journal away and just write your thoughts down and how you're feeling. I think it would go a long way. Yeah, it, it, it seems like you you want to be with people, but then you don't want to overdo it. And you talk about this here in the book. Never be afraid to fall apart. It is an opportunity to rebuild yourself. Now, are you talking about if you're at a social gathering and, and the thing is just getting overwhelming and you kind of break down and cry and and you just kind of feel like, I don't belong here? Is, is, is that what you're kind of hinting, hinting at there? Well, in a sense, yes. I, just, I would um, definitely um, recommend that you have to be honest and speak up with your family and friends because some things might not be as easy as it once was. And again, I go back to the uh, point I made uh, a couple of shows ago, or maybe the last show I was on with you, about, you know, if they don't see that you're visibly hurt, they're just going to 
automatically assume that you're okay. But you need to be upfront and honest with everybody that you're gathering with um, over the holidays that some things just might not be easy for you anymore. For example, you know, maybe it, it was easy to get behind the wheel of a car and drive two and a half hours um, to attend a Christmas gathering. Well, it's not that easy anymore for you to get into your vehicle and drive two and a half hours to see them. Um, if someone's picking you up and offered to, to drive you to uh, a family gathering, then you need to let them know, you know, your, what your comfort level is mm-hmm. in getting into a vehicle. Um, so I would suggest the more honesty, um, the better when it comes to um, gathering over the holidays with your friends and family. Because if they, of course, if, they, if you don't tell them, they're not going to know. So it's really important to keep the lines of communication open. You know, everybody, even if you're not involved in a motor vehicle crash and you're getting together over the holidays, and it, whether you're hosting or not, it is a stressful time oh, yeah. for everyone. You know, and uh, sometimes, you you know, family are, are staying for three or four days at a time, and it can be overwhelming for everybody. So I would say don't be afraid if you do have a, a little mini breakdown. That's why I said, you know, if you feel like it's too much or overwhelming, to be able to have a plan set in place mm-hmm. that you could kind of go hide somewhere or, or just go lie down for half an hour or, or an hour just to, to gain your thoughts back, your composure because uh, it, it might be difficult. And like I say, it, for those that are recovering right now, right before the holidays, it, it's going to be a challenge, of course. You know, And there's, there's some people that might be in the hospital, unfortunately, for the holidays this year. And again, you know, uh, to make it more comfortable. So if you are recovering, of course, you, you're going to feel left out because your family and friends are gathering without you. So I would suggest, again, you know, to set up a FaceTime or a Zoom Ask a family member to bring a couple things from home to put in your hospital room to kind of make it homey or, you know, some Christmas decorations yeah. so you don't feel left out. Um, you don't want to feel left out as you're, as you're struggling and recovering in a hospital. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you want to be part of the part of the group, and but you know, you like you indicated, you kind of kind of go know, know your limitations. What where is your comfort level? And as you said, let everybody know exactly. So then that way they can kind of tailor their stuff around you, but not like tiptoe type around you. Just, you know, they they know how how much you can handle or how much you can't handle. And then that, that they either back off or they just still continue to do the, the holiday things with with you. But they, they, they know where to go. Yes, exactly. It's. The more information they know about your comfort level, the better. You know, you if you stay and you manage to get through it, um, whether it's just for a day or three days, um, that's fantastic. But you do really have to pace yourself. Something I've learned uh, in the past when I started my recovery and, and started to feel a bit better maybe a year in, you know, I had to learn my own limitations. So let's say, for instance, you know, because it's the holidays, I got up uh, today and I decorated the whole house and I vacuumed and cleaned the bathrooms, etc. You know, I, I know my limitations now where to stop because if I don't stop, I'll, I'll suffer for the next couple of days due to the, the chronic pain issues because I've, I've done too much. I've put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really important 
um, as a crash survivor to monitor, uh, you know, your comfort level and not to overdo it because we usually pay for it for a couple of days afterwards. Oh, yeah. And that will put you into a little bit of a setback. Now, here's something that's kind of interesting, which I, I looked at this and I said, oh, I got to ask you about this because I never even thought about this. But you talk about splurge on yourself a little bit. You know, make a small purchase of an item that you would like in a way, if you can afford it, you know, kind of treat yourself, you know, whether it be, you know, some flowers, you you know, you go to a boutique and get some flowers, you get your hair done, you decide to go out and, and, and buy something small, maybe something that you would appreciate yourself to kind of make you feel good about yourself. Now, was that something that you did? Because honestly... I didn't, but after I read the book, I think I should still go on out and purchase something. Yeah, of course you should. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes. That's that's something I kind of, I kind of just learned on my own. Um, you know, if it's a holiday throughout the year, and if we're, uh, you know, hosting or mm-hmm. um, I'm having a down day. Um, yeah, I would certainly um, pick up a bouquet of flowers. It was very, it's very important to me, especially around the Christmas holidays, to uh, pick up a bouquet of flowers. And every time I kind of trained myself, every time I felt overwhelmed uh, or anxious or tired, I would uh, choose to look at the bouquet of flowers that were on a certain table in, in view that I could see um, throughout the holidays, kind of just my, to bring more positivity into uh, my recovery. And there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, purchasing a little something for yourself every now and then. We have to kind of, we're clapping for ourselves, so to speak, as we recover. And uh, we're achieving lots of things every day um, throughout our recovery. So there's nothing wrong. And it doesn't have to be that expensive to treat yourself to just a little something. Every every time you feel the, the need. There, yeah, I would definitely recommend picking up a little something. It could it could be a spa day, it could be flowers, it could be your favorite box of chocolate yeah. or, or things wow. like that. Because, you know, we have to, you know, we can't stop living and we need to be kind of celebrated um, as we recover because uh, every every step that we take in our, in our recovery should be uh, celebrated. And I agree. Now, here's something that I think is, is kind of interesting. Now, this can hurt you in my way of thinking, and it can help you. And in my case, this kind of helped me. Dealing with benefits of the social media and the Internet. Now, I'm going to let you know right up front that this helped me because I didn't know about all the different uh, victims, actually, that were out there. And how many people were actually crying for attention, as in trying to get help? And I ended up going to a, um, I ended up going to a um, a rally or um, um, a, an event where I met one of the ladies that had helped me to kind of help recover from my crash, and right. I was so amazed. On where all these people came from. There was people from New York, Chicago, Wisconsin, Detroit, California, everywhere. And it was a fundraiser day because she had lost her son. And she said she's been doing it for like five, six years now. 
And I'm thinking to myself, wow. And she goes, you know, you do your podcast. Why don't you do something that involve people? And so I ended up doing something where I ended up with my uh, 501c3 nonprofit for a while. Uh -huh. But the social media aspect, it helped me find other groups. Talk about how it, is, how it was to find groups when, when you had your crush. Well, well after, after I started recovering um, from my motor vehicle crash, about, I would say, six months in, um, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think back if I, if I was just fairly new to Facebook, but I, I started searching, uh, I started Googling different support groups and, and looking for any type of support group out there that I could um, relate to online or, mm -hmm. or even in person. And I couldn't find anything, and that's when I took the initiative to create uh, the Crash Support Network group um, on Facebook. Uh, it started my own group, but since then, um, I'm just very, um, very pleased that if you actually go on Facebook now um, and just and you're looking for groups, if you if you type in a TBI for traumatic brain injury, I would say 20 or 30 groups show up now. Wow. If you if you punch in, if you type in. Um, uh, you know, uh, amputee, because there's a lot of victims that have uh, right. lost a limb. Um, you know, 20 or 30 groups show up. Uh, you know, when I first started my recovery and got familiar with Facebook, there wasn't anything. But since then, I just find, like yourself, I agree, Facebook is a wonderful tool to use because you can just connect with so many people and learn from other people as well. Like, um, you know, when you're in a motor vehicle crash and you retain a personal injury lawyer, they may recommend, you know, stay off Facebook. And there's several uh, legality, uh, legal reasons for that. Mm -hmm. um, but there are groups, such as mine, the Crash Support Network group, that is private. So basically anything that goes on to the group, like you ask to join and then you become a member, and anything that goes on in the group stays within mm -hmm. the group. So it's not public. Right. You know, um, I don't, uh, I have a couple of rules in the group. You know, we don't uh, allow anyone to post any graphic photos, whether it be their own recovery or their vehicle that was in the crash, because a lot of uh, members are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Flashbacks, so it's not, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not on a personal level. We don't see each other, but there's so much um, connection and empathy that, you know, when somebody reaches out and posts something, you know, I'm having a bad day today. I don't know what to do. I've tried this, that, and the other. Has anybody tried this? Can someone help me? And, you know, uh, within five or ten minutes, the, the member might get five or ten responses. And then everybody is just, the, the, the support is phenomenal. So I've met so many, like yourself, I've met a lot of victims and survivors through Facebook and, and lots of organizations. There's a lot of organizations and individuals that have now created their own uh, Facebook group or their Facebook page. If you've retained a personal injury lawyer, I would highly recommend that you follow their Facebook page mm -hmm. uh, because the, most lawyers now are blogging and uh, they're full of information. So I would definitely recommend that you could follow them there as well. Um, I find Facebook, like yourself, is a, a highly useful tool for uh, anyone out there that is recovering. It is. It is amazing that 
first off, I think I was naive um, prior to the crash. I mean, yeah, I was a Facebook user, but I really didn't use it. I would just get on there and post something. Or if somebody posted something, I'd say, yeah, I like it. Okay, that's a nice photo of, of your dinner at night. That's fine. But I never really used it to my advantage until after my crash when I started investigating these things and I started going through these and I was so amazed. And if you've listened to any of my shows in the past seven years, there are several guests that I've had on the show that actually contacted me through Facebook and said, Hey, I found you. I found you. I know, I know you, can I be on your podcast? And I'm like, yeah. And it's just, it's the overwhelming. It's like, the big umbrella opened up and there's a bunch of little umbrellas there and they're all yes. connecting. They're all trying to make sense of what happened to them. How are they going to be able to heal and get kind of back to normal? Because everybody knows we're not going to ever get back to normal. We're always going to have that fear factor, no matter what we are. We're going to have that fear that could this happen again? And then you'd be all traumatized again. You have the fear factor of, of somebody else getting in front of you. Like every time, and now I don't know what the rules are in Canada. I can tell you in California and a couple other states, they have lane sharing with motorcycles where if if the traffic is going slow, they can go in between. And I never really did that because I always felt like, oh, I'm going to hit a mirror or I'm going to crash. Somebody's going to pull in front of me. But I see people doing that. And, you know, right. I get so scared. And that's the first thing I think about is if something happens to them, how will I react? Because am I going to be able to stop my car and go help them? Am I going to do this or that based on what happened? But it, it, it's just the idea that things like this kind of happen. But it's amazing what Facebook and probably Twitter and some other things that can, that you have a connection. You just got to do the research. Yeah, and I would, I would also mention, add to that Instagram I've, um, I'm fairly new to Instagram. I think I went on there. Maybe it's just been over a year now. I was very hesitant to uh, join Instagram, but uh, the people I have met on there are outstanding as well. You have survivors sharing their recovery on a daily or weekly basis that are brave enough to actually tape, videotape themselves and share it on Instagram for everybody else to learn from and share with them how their recovery is going. I had a, a wonderful girl I connected with um, who is an amputee that is helping so many other amputees. Oh, so that's these awesome. people, they don't feel as alone anymore. And she's brave enough and kind enough to share her experiences and what works and what doesn't work and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So Instagram, of course, is another one that I would definitely recommend um, to get on there and, and, and start connecting with uh, crash survivors as well because it's just it's uh it's very um it's very eye-opening and i and i applaud every survivor on there that is, that is sharing their recovery so i mean somebody that might have just been in a, a motor vehicle crash six months ago mm-hmm. and is learning how to walk again and they're and and someone is videotaping them it's phenomenal fantastic Man, that's amazing. All right, you're listening to DistractedDriversBusted.com, the podcast show. I'm your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com. And this is part three of a part four miniseries 
Talk Crash to me with our special guest, Dawn McKay. Dawn is not only a, a victim, she's a survivor, and now she's an author, an author of this book. And in the past three shows, or two shows, as this is the third one, we've taken little nuggets of each chapter and talked about them. But I'm telling you, this book stays in my car each and every day. I don't take it out. And it's it's worth reading because there are so many things in here. And some of the stuff that, you know, we've talked about in the last now three shows uh, dealing with that we, like myself, I never knew. And then even if you get into the heat of the moment, when you know something, you may have just forgot because your your mind is racing like 10,000 miles going different directions. What do I do? How do I fix this? What do I do? Do I contact right. this? This book will help you out. Dawn, I think this is an excellent book, and I'm glad. I am glad that you wrote this. And it just kind of want, want, makes me think, I wish I would have had this book prior to my crash because I would have done a lot of things different than what I did. Right. Well, I, I appreciate that very much, Howard. Uh, you know, the, the my book, Talk Crash to Me, is continuously um, getting wonderful reviews, and I really appreciate your support. It means oh. a lot to me, Howard. You know, my, my mission is to try to get my book, Talk Crash to Me, into the hands of every crash survivor out there. So I am trying. It's going to take some time. Yeah. But I, I'm certainly trying my best to, uh, you know, uh, get the word out and you're certainly allowing me that opportunity so i'm very grateful oh um, no i appreciate you. i appreciate having you on as a guest because i think the more that you and i talk about this i learn stuff and i can remember now okay if this happens what i can do and hopefully it never happens again now right. let's talk a little bit about where you talk about you must practice self-love basically you want you want to set some time up on the side for you. That is your own personal me, me time, if you will. That's what I call it. Is that, that you know you can do something to kind of calm yourself down. Give me some examples. Oh, very, very important. It's a great question to, uh, to bring up, or a great point, I should say. Um, yeah, self-love is extremely important, especially if you are just starting out with your recovery and you are dealing with a, a number of uh, healthcare professionals to try to help get you back to where you once were. So it could be appointment after appointment after appointment. Um, so some examples would be just to take an hour out of your day, um, maybe the same time every day, maybe just have a, a hot shower or a hot bath, maybe uh, light a candle, meditate, um, maybe read a book, listen to some music. Um, there, there's so many things that um, you can do that don't cost anything, it, it, but just to allow yourself um, just that one hour a day. Because you, you, as you recover, you get so caught up in everything that's going on around you. And, uh, you know, you're trying to put your, your life back together. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough that you, you try your best um, every day to just take one hour. It could be going for a walk. It could be maybe talking on the phone, maybe playing a game. Anything that can kind of just just allow you to decompress and just 
think about where you are in your recovery and you deserve this one hour and just to sit down and regroup so then you have the strength to carry on the next day. Oh, that's awesome. And I, and I agree. It's something that would just help you kind of get through the tough day, kind of, kind of re, refocus your thoughts, if you will. Yes, exactly. Just to kind of regroup and, uh, you know, carry on and, and get, allow your, yourself enough time and strength uh, to carry on and get up the next day to, to, to continue on. Because as you know, Howard, it, it's, uh, you know, it's something that is, doesn't come easy, um, recovering mm-hmm. from a motor vehicle crash. And of course, everybody's different with the amount of time it takes, et cetera. But as you know, it, it's not that easy no, as some I, may think. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Today, my special guest again, part three of a four-part miniseries. Talk crash to me. Don, thank you for being with us here today on DestructedDriversBusted.com, the podcast show. I appreciate it. A lot of insight, and I appreciate everything that you've done in this book because I've learned a lot, some stuff. I learned a lot of stuff today in this show for this episode, and I hope our listeners do too. Remember, I don't want to die today, do you? The most important thing right now is to sit back, relax, and grab this book, Talk Crash to Me, and read it. It could just help you. I'm sure it will. Again, remember, I don't want to die today. Do you? Don't let anyone take the sands of time within your own hourglass. Until next week, happy holidays and be safe.